Hello and welcome to BagaCast, episode I really should have looked up this number beforehand. It's 381. We're good. Okay. Uh, I am your host. I am your numerically challenged host, Dustin. And with me today is Ben. Yo. And Larry. The guy who swallowed a frog. Yeah, uh, Larry is uh, feeling a little under uh, the weather, you, uh, so... Uh, small you, children give you a big kiss and leave you a bigger <laughs> surprise. Yes, he may not be talking quite as much uh, to uh, pre- preserve his own voice here. Or be uh, quite but when as he does, understandable. It will be, but when he does, it will be uh, gravelly as all hell. Well, um, for you people who have subwoofers right now, dial me back about 20% so I don't rattle your fillings. Yeah. Once once we're done with this podcast, he's actually going to go out and record some like uh, monologues for some westerns. No, actually, I thought it would work on my frog croaking for those times when Aaron, who is present but not saying anything, says something. Yeah, Aaron is also technically here listening in on us, but he uh, did not uh, watch anything. Um, He may just make comments from time to time that y'all can't hear. uh, And if I respond to something, I'm not just hearing voices. Well, I guess technically I'm hearing voices in my head. Uh Uh-huh. But not because I'm hallucinating them (laughs) this time. All right, let's keep the laughter to a minimum. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you just put a new manga in the chat. Um, I, I should I should note that uh, before we started this recording, uh, because Aaron always likes to keep me abreast of... <laughs> I, I didn't intend that pun, but it will be relevant. Uh, Aaron likes to keep me abreast of the uh, most recent, uh, uh, you know, award-winning manga. He let me know about a, one that's called... I, the demon lord, got married to the female hero's mother, making her my stepdaughter. So, oh, you know, that's uh, that's beginning. a thing that exists now. That's beginning to sound like domestic girlfriend. Anyway, uh, let's let's start this. Re- let's start the actual show. I guess, <laughs> as always, you can find show notes at www.audioentropy.com or projecthari.net. Uh let's let's start with Space Patrol Luluko. Um the a show made by Trigger that is sort of meant to celebrate their 5 year anniversary uh mostly by being incredibly self-indulgent. Trigger being Trigger. This show is a lot, y'all. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like What's yeah? What's insane about it is that okay, each episode is uh, eight minutes long, but there's like as much action in eight minutes as there is in a standard twenty-four minute episode. Yeah, um, it's very frenetic, and at times it, that's a good thing. Uh, but also, and this I, this will sort of hold true for most of the things about the show is that it. A lot of times it's just too much. Um, it, it, it moves like a freight train falling off a mountain. Yeah, I mean, the the, bla- the basic plot, quote-unquote, such as it is, uh, is that 
there's a character Luluko who's just an average girl because and she makes a makes a big point talking about how average she is because uh, in addition to be a in addition to being a you know self-indulgent um, run through of all triggers successes and you know some of their not so successes uh, in the case of um, uh, sex and violence at mock speed um, there is uh, uh, it's it's very much a deliberate parody of a bunch of different genres mostly like sci-fi uh and almost like of themselves really uh so you have this girl called luluko who whose father gets frozen and then she becomes she gets inducted into the space patrol and being in space patrol apparently means that uh you bring justice to aliens and also you can turn your body into a gun Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kid like aliens kidnap a city. There's I, yeah. I can't fucking do a plot summary of uh, this. Uh, okay, okay, I can I can do this. I got this. <laughs> well, wait a minute. There's, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I'm gonna need to bleep that. I realize. All right, I got this. All right, really? right. Go for it. So yes, Luluko gets inducted. Get Luluko gets inducted into the space patrol, where she turns into a gun and fights space criminals, who are evidently in, who are infiltrating her high school. The context is is that she is is that uh, she wants to be she desperately wants to be normal, but she's living in a very abnormal place, which is this uh, city called Ogikubo, which has been basically handed off to. Handed off to aliens that uh, Japan, it was sold off by the Japanese government to aliens. So basically, aliens are living in the city, yeah, and it's you know, and uh, you know, law enforcement is done by the space patrol, right? Wait a you so call that law enforcement, right? And so, yeah. So then she, uh, yeah. So then this other guy named uh, Alpha Omega Nova. Who's this? This cute boy transfers into her school, and turns out he's a space patrol. He's a, he's a space patrol agent himself, and Luluko trans- immediately falls in love with him. True transfer is one thing. Taking a meteor and smashing half the school out. Now that's an arrival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Because uh, yes, it, it, this show everything is done with maximal destruction of property. This is Trigger being Trigger unrestrained. Lots of explosions. Every episode, lots of explosions. I think that's the problem, is that Trigger isn't good when they're unrestrained. Um, Oh, I agree. (laughs) Trigger needs restraints. (laughs) They need limiters. Yeah, that, that goes for a few other people I can think of, yeah. I mean... Personally, uh, I think that's why Little Witch Academy is one of their absolute best shows is because they did have limiters on, you know, sort of their uh their over their their typical modus operandi uh, modus operandi. Like they didn't do a lot of their normal like like crazy fan service they didn't do a lot of their potty humor hey. they just made a really good show that also happened to have fantastic 
character drama and comedy that wasn't burdened by their excesses. Um, and Lulico, there is absolutely some good stuff in here, but it is also a show about Trigger that's built around Trigger allowing themselves to give in to all of their <coughs> excesses. Oh. You know, it kind of reminded me of how Trigger would produce a series after the after party. So, yeah, well, right. So, yeah, so the thing about Lulico is that, that yeah, th- this was directed by uh, Hiroyuki Imaishi himself, and it was basically him just wanting to cut loose. Yeah. Um, and cut loose he <laughs> does. Yeah, Imaishi has... Imaishi, Imaishi's style is certainly not for everyone, let's say that. Um, it's it's certainly not... It I can certainly only handle him in small doses. In, in controlled doses, let's say. Um, because his brand of humor just often doesn't appeal to me. Um... And, and that's largely the case with Luluco. I really wanted to like Luluco a lot. Uh, I desperately wanted to. Because it is a very stylish show. Um, which, I mean, it's from Trigger. So, of, of course it is. Um, like, it looks, it looks fantastic. Uh, but it's not nearly as funny as I wanted it to be. Um, a lot of the jokes just felt very predictable um and the self-referential the self-referential humor just got very tired after a while it was kind of just there to be there and to make the reference um and some of the stuff that i was like actually interested in seeing like you know the little witch little witch academy stuff um that wasn't really used super well um it's just not very funny, largely. <laughs> At least not to me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, so, right. So, yeah, in one episode, they, uh, like, in one episode, they're, like, uh, lost in space, so they're going from, like, planet to planet in space, and, and basically each planet is a reference to a particular trigger show. So, like, there's one episode where they're on a kill-a-kill planet, um, which has been where which has been taken over by life fibers, uh, and yeah, then, that one was okay. Yeah, the, there's another rep, then there's another episode where they're on the sex and violence at mock speed planet. That one was awful. Which yeah, it, and then there was the one where uh, they 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 go on to a little witch academia planet where uh, where Luluko gets poisoned by Susie. As hey. and. I kind of enjoyed that one because yeah, Susie is kind of out of character. <laughs> what do you mean, kind of out of character? Slightly, only slightly out of character. Um. Yeah, like again, this is this is the Little Witch Academy one is especially where uh, Imaishi brand of humor is most noticeably uh, most noticeably there because it's it's. Very different brand of humor than what we typically got in the actual Little Witch Academy show. <laughs> um, well, you know, I was really and, surprised because Little Witch Academia was actually pretty straight-laced for Trigger. 
yeah, uh, again, I think that's why it's their best work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as much as I like Gurren Lagan and Kill a Kill and Panty and Stalking, all those shows kind of stumble over themselves um, at a lot of points just because they don't know when to reel it in. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found really fascinating about Lulu Co that my favorite episode was actually the one where Luluco meets Inferno Cop. Mm-hmm. And right. I was I was initially super worried about that episode because I was like, oh god, Inferno Cop is already like a, a sort of meta parody. Um and like putting a deliberate parody inside of another deliberate parody I, that may be too much. But then it ends up being, like, probably my favorite part. Like, with Inferno Cop just being a very sincere, like, like dad figure, basically. <laughs> just giving her, just giving Luluko heartfelt advice. And they just play it straight for once, and it works. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, episode episode eleven was honestly one of my favorites, and one of the only episodes where I was like, I'm glad I watched that episode. <laughs> um, just I don't know it. I feel like I'm being a little more down on it than I really felt while I was watching it, but also when I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, that was a thing that happened to me. And I don't think I'd ever really go back to it. And I can't think of particularly many moments where I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely enjoying this. Like, mostly it just made me want to watch the material it was riffing off of more than I was really enjoying the show itself. Like, and sometimes not even, like... Sometimes it, it reminded me of better shows that it was, like, sort of, that its references were adjacent to. Like, where her space pirate mother shows up. Uh, when Lalico Godspeed, which, I mean, that that's a fantastic name, by the way. Credit where it's due. Yeah. Um, when she shows up, all I could think about was, like, man, Bodacious Space Pirates was a pretty good show. <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> not the same kind of space pirates. Oh yeah, no, no. But like it, it, it just still reminded me of like, oh, okay, Luluko's mother is a like unreasonably sexy, like badass space pirate. So is the main character's mother in Bodacious Space Pirates. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, largely, this show just made me feel like I should have just watched select episodes from other trigger shows, which I don't know if that's really the intent, what they were going for. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what kind of trigger compilation this was. And it, uh, did not compute was, uh, was a first set of words that kind of came to my brain. Um, eh, I, I will, it. I will say that like one of the original things that this show does, um, is, that, that that I don't think is just a reference to something they've already done is Midori, 
uh, who is like the sort of uh, valley girl alien. Uh, I really liked her throughout the whole show. She was very funny to me um, and had a lot of great lines. Well, I think what especially what especially made Midori such a great character was her deadpan delivery. Well, and her act, voice actors had a lot of practice doing that. Yeah, yeah. Again, like it's it's interesting because like the the parts I like most about this show are the ones where it isn't just deliberately trying to go super over the top, and both like Midori and the way Inferno Cop is used are basically that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, but like, but of course, but. And, yeah, and the thing is, the the uh, I guess the sort of the spine of this show is uh, is uh, is Lulico's relationship with uh, Nova. Yeah, which Com- it's complicated to say the least. Well, yeah, what, what's yeah, but so what's interesting about it is like is that it's 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 shallow. But the show realizes how shallow it is and celebrates that it celebrates that it celebrates it anyway. Yeah, and like it's interesting because I think that's actually like a really good message, honestly. Like it's it's fine to like shallow things. It really is. Like it's it's the sort of idea it's the trigger way of doing that one Calvin and Hobbes comic where they do the gag about, like, the difference between high art and low art. Um, where, like, sh- quote-unquote shallow shows, shallow art, still have purpose and can still be important. And the feelings that those shallow shows can invoke in you are no less real than the more, you know quote-unquote sophisticated shows um and similarly like and i i think that message that ultimately luluko sort of goes into in those last you know those last three episodes like is genuinely a good message like and not something i was expecting from it um I just wish it all wasn't crammed into like the final, <laughs> final twenty minutes. Uh, it, it just felt very perfunctory at the end there, almost like it was tacked on. Um, but I guess like a lot of, I guess the entire show is just bits that are tacked on to each other that barely hold together in the first place. So uh, um, I wouldn't say that. No, uh, I mean. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm not, I don't think the point is about, like, high versus low art, but about, but essentially it's about, like, it's a, it's about the point that it's basically, you know, it's wrong to, uh, it's wrong to trample on the feelings of a teenage girl, no matter how shallow her feelings are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, yeah, I mean, that's literally what the the message is i don't know i i guess i i guess i just i i sort of expanded out to like triggers triggers uh like catalog itself because yeah sure the show is like like strictly speaking the narrative is about luluko 
But the show itself is also about Trigger as much as it is about Luluco. And Trigger is, like, eh, as famous as they are, as popular as they are, um, their shows are often, you know, considered flashy and shallow and not, like, particularly sophisticated. And... Like, I understand those arguments, but I think a, a lot of people who like Trigger, including me, will say, like, who cares? They're still a lot of fun. They're still great character dynamics. Like, they still have a point. The fact that it is, like, not... The fact that it appears shallow, or even if it is shallow, it doesn't matter. Like, what matters is how it affects you and that's still real um Mm -hmm. so i like ultimately i think that's that's what i came away with from what luluco was eventually uh, eventually sort of got to um and i do appreciate that about it Uh, which is again why i really wish I could actually recommend this show as something to watch. Like, I guess it's not that much of a time investment. So, if you're cu- curious, I mean, go for it. Yeah, it's <laughs> but uh, thirteen. It's basically it's basically the equivalent of like ha- of uh, four or five regular regular length episodes. Yeah, it's just yeah, you know, it's uh, what nine about ninety one minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just the one thing is. You want to look at the link and go, oh, I'll marathon this. No. You want to take a little time to digest, let your brain digest what it saw and let your body go, what did I just watch? Yeah, I I marathoned it. That was probably a bad decision. <laughs> um, watching all 12 episodes in one go uh, is probably going to be sensory overload, even just from the voices, honestly. Um uh, like I'd I'd probably recommend like watching four and then taking a break for a bit for a second before well, moving on. Well, the nice thing actually, the nice thing about the the way uh, Lulico is structured is that is that like the story mo- the story is like sort of goes in three episode chunks. Yep. Um, you know, which they call seasons, but they're just yeah, you know, <laughs> they're just chunks of three or four episodes. So oh, yeah, three so yeah, you could just watch that. like you could just watch each quote season, you know, in one sitting, and then take a break from that and go on to the next one. And yeah, like that's true. and so like each each season is like roughly the length of a standard of a standard half hour episode. Yeah. Take a break, go fishing. Yeah, Come but yeah, don't don't try and watch it all in one chunk like no. I did. It's no, it's a mistake. Uh, <laughs> it it leaves the impression different, I believe, because when I initially watched it, it was on the weekly basis, and even weekly, it was like, oh my, really? Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think I'll give this series a two. I'm gonna give it a four. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm going to give it a three because it was middle of the road. It had a couple of cute moments in it. But uh, I, I guess uh, Susie trying to poison Luluco with mushrooms would have been one of the more outstanding parts. But yeah, outside of that, it was... Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> if it had a if it had a slightly better hit rate with the jokes for me, I probably I probably would have given it a three. But it, I I just wasn't as funny as I was hoping for. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to Lou Over the Wall, um, a uh, 2017 movie uh, from Masaki Yuasa. Because uh, I guess now we're just gonna go through his entire uh, w- uh, work here on this on on Bachcast. Uh, this is a, a movie about um, like uh, three teenagers who uh, are who are in a band together, and they end up meeting a mermaid slash siren. Um, and uh, shenanigans happen uh, where they have to keep the mermaid hidden from people but then people notice the mermaid and everything kind of goes south very fast because of mermaid racism well Um, yeah this is this is the if you don't understand it and you can't explain it and you don't want to take the time then you call it bad Oh man, I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think I might, I think I might like it even more than Night of Short Walk on Girl, and I really like that movie. Um, there is much like Night of Short Walk on Girl, uh, Lou over the walls animation style is uh, absolutely gorgeous. Um, and and it's Oh, sorry, go ahead, Larry. And unique. Yeah, and it doesn't stick with the same style through the uh, entire movie either. Like, it has a fairly consistent style for um, most scenes. Um, but then when it does things like the uh, dance sequences, for example, the, the two dance sequences that occur, um, it shifts into a um, looser... Um, style with more exaggerated, you know, uh, squash and stretch. Warp drive. Um, almost looks like a uh, classic Disney cartoon, like from Steamboat Willie days. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like for the flashback sequences, that uh, like a couple, couple of the flashback sequences, it shifts into this almost like uh, blurry impressionist watercolor-esque style that does a just really fantastic job of implying that it is like being shown to us directly from the person's memory it it's extremely clever with how it how it very like smoothly shifts between the styles because it doesn't like just simply cut from one style to another like each style kind of like bleeds into the other one during the transition. Van so like Gowish. when, yeah, like the, the one part that sticks out to me is when we see, um, the grand, the grand the grandpa's flashback to when he lost his wife from his perspective. Um, and as the flashback fades out and we come back to reality, uh, the form of the grandpa uh, that's, you know, a looser um, sort of 
uh, watercolor blob in the flashback a suddenly like become not suddenly but like um i i want to say the blot the blotchy style sort of um contracts and forms a dis like a much more distinctive and more realistic silhouette of a person uh before like all the detailed line work comes in to define him in a way that you know we've seen uh so far like with the quote-unquote normal style it's 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 really hard to describe via audio um i almost want to like see if i can find a gif of it or, or capture one myself because it's it's one of the coolest things the movie does visually it's basically like taking a watercolor and putting water on it and watching it spread out only in reverse yeah, yeah, that that's that's a good way of describing it, um, man, uh, and also just the all the char- the character work is fantastic as well. It's it's just so smartly written with how it introduces like all three of these teenagers, uh, gives them their own like distinct problems to work through. Uh, how the the male lead. Um, has trouble like opening up to people and really you know saying what he actually wants to do and like pursuing those dreams um and sort of just like hides within himself uh whereas like the the um i think it's yaho is it um the the girl in their band yuho is the girl uh yuho yeah yeah, whereas like Yuho's issue is that, um, you know, she she wants to be in this band, she wants to be good, but it, like she can't take criticism, and she has a hard time uh, dealing with uh, like other people getting the attention. Um, well, typical small town mayor's daughter, chief executive's daughter. She's she's famous but she's not famous but she wants to be famous on her own and not because of her family yeah and 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 like and like in any you know and like in any you know good uh movie made uh made for children uh, ultimately the true evil is capitalism (laughs) when they try to turn the mermaids into a into a theme park well, and it's, it's, you know, the humans think it's their survival if they can, you know, it's the old story, uh, you know, the town's dying, we got to do something to save the town, so, and then again, without a, without any forethought. Let's blame the minorities. Well, without any forethought, they just go madly staggering into this thing, and then when it starts blowing up, they're like, uh, you know, we might have made a mistake. Yeah. Where um, the mer people at least uh, we're not prejudiced enough and decided, you know, hey, uh, Lulu likes these people, we're going to help them. I mean, they could have let them all drown. Yes, end of movie would not be the ending you were expecting, but... Yeah, the, like, it, it is, it is a, probably the most unrealistic thing about about the the movie, and this is not meant as a complaint, but more as, like, an interesting, like, uh observation i had given all the all the other crazy stuff that happens in in the movie but 
one of the most unrealistic things to me is like just how incredibly selfless the uh mermaids were the the mer people were because mm-hmm. like man like these humans are you know were just like a few seconds ago wanting to wipe them out because of two people who completely misunderstood uh, a situation from way back in their past and thought mermaids ate humans. Uh, And yeah, and they are just like doing everything to, to help these humans. Um, Funny thing. Again, that's not a complaint. It's just something I found. Well, you know, particularly funny the funny thing is that uh, a lot of conflicts have started over a lot less <laughs> yeah um i i love that big shark dude though daddy, daddy yeah lose uh lose father <laughs> yeah lose father who apparently has like other mer people inside of him mm-hmm. or maybe is like a composite of a bunch of mer people I'm not really sure what that was implying, really. Didn't uh, dude was. Well, awesome. I don't know how his. I don't know how Lou's father works. <laughs> he has uh, a bunch of fish hanging off of him. Okay, so so they are just like hanging off of him. He's not oh. like just a fish golem. No, no, he's a no, he's a he's like a he's a shark man. Uh, he, he's a huge ass shark man, but he has yeah, but he has a bunch of fish hanging off of. him. Yeah, I I love him so much. Like when he first appears, he's super intimidating, but then like he's just super professional toward like the the people packing the fish and like he just waits patiently at the one street corner for the shadow to move so he can actually like go into the building without burning himself. Because that's another thing. Much like vampires, mermaids are sensitive to sunlight. Quite. Yeah, which that's another thing I love. There, the, so there's a lot of stuff about this movie that sort of like ties ties together in that the grandfather who hates mer people because uh, he he thinks they ate his um, wife when actually what they did was his mother. His mother. Mother. Oh, sorry. Okay, That's I thought okay. it was his wife for some reason. Well, it's um, it's the. Aging I was I was, thi- I was thinking of yeah. I was thinking about like I was thinking of like old woman octopus or whatever her name was, <sighs> Granny Octopus. And you know she reminds me of a trigger character. <laughs> she does kind of feel like a trigger character, actually. Well, especially <laughs> after watching Trigger and then watching that, I'm like. Yeah, crazy old lady with a harpoon walking around with it all the time. Wait a minute, is this kill the kill? Never mind. But yeah, like one of the things I loved about like his inclusion is that he has so like he he can no longer make a good living off of fishing. So instead he starts making umbrellas because as they say, um in the town like if you uh, you can forget your lunch, but you can never but never forget your umbrella, um, because like the place is constantly overcast, basically due to like the curse of the shadow or whatever. It's a lot, uh, but the point is like he now makes his living making a bunch of umbrellas, and then that comes back later in the show where the mermaids start to integrate with the town, and to prevent. Uh, and to uh, keep themselves from being burned to death by the sunlight, 
they use all these umbrellas that he created as parasols. So, like, this guy who has this vendetta against the mermaids ends up making the things that allowed that ended up allowing them to uh, uh, to interact with the townspeople positively. Right. It's such a cool little like like narrative through line there. Well, yeah, there, 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 there's a lot of things that come together at the end of this that are really, that are really incredible. Uh, like, <clears throat> and as far as, like, it being overcast, well, the thing about it is that it's, it's due to the geography of the town, which is that the, uh, the main body of water, like the bay, is is uh, the reason why mermaids we, the reason why mermaids are there is because uh, is because it's uh, is the bay is sort of between two rock formations, uh, they, and the uh, the mermaids live in the shadow between these two rock formations, and and at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, what happens is one of those formations collapses, which is what leads to the inundation of the inundation of the town that the mermaids have to help the people with. Oh, my yeah. understanding was the humans built one of those walls to keep the mer people out. No. Okay, I'll watch it again. Yeah, there there are some parts about the lore that I miss simply because I was focused um, more on like the local drama. And sort of like the the personal story of how Lou interacts with the cast. So there was some about the um, the actual like background lore that I missed. So uh, when they started talking about like the the shadow curse, I was like, I can't remember exactly the details of that. Um, but I mean, this is definitely a show where you know it's it's something I would probably rewatch uh, at some point in the future. Um, oh yeah. Because I'm like, man, like, uh, uh, also just the way that Lou interacts with the cast is just really charming. Oh, Lou's, uh, Lou is adorable. Oh, she is. She is. Uh-huh. And they, they found him an adorable Lou. And it's funny because, like, <laughs> like the, the interpretation of Lou being a siren is like, she essentially sounds like a vocaloid. It's, it's the best <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure um, if that was her natural voice or if there was some electronic enhancement in there. It 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 seems like they I'm not sure if they used an existing Vocaloid and modified it or just made a custom one, but it definitely felt like it was created digitally to give it that sort of um a not quite real feeling to it. But they also used the 13-year-old. So, I mean, I know how 13-year-olds sound. There's a couple in the neighborhood that's like... Which which reminds me of another little detail I like. Auto-tune is your friend. Yeah. And that actually reminds me of another little detail I liked early on where um, the three teenagers, like, during their very first practice session together on, like, the Mermaid Island... um, one thing I appreciated was that, like, when Yuho starts singing and you hear her sing for the first time, like, it's pretty okay for a teenager, but I could immediately tell that she was, like, very flat. 
Um, like she she wasn't she wasn't quite hitting the right notes, uh, and then that ends up being like a plot point, um, and like uh, the male lead gives her criticism and like he's pretty blunt about it and she like goes off to sulk. I was like, oh cool, that was deliberate, and also just made me have a lot of respect for that voice actress because if you're actually good at voice acting and good at singing it can be tricky to be deliberately bad in a way that you're you're not like awful but like riding the line where it's you're not quite good enough (laughs) you know what i'm saying like you're almost good but not quite there like deliberately trying to hit that sweet spot for a character moment is That was like a a thing that really impressed me about how the voice actress did that sequence. Well, seeing that the voice actress is a singer and part of a very uh, popular group over in Japan, I'm sure she had to work at sounding bad. (laughs) Yeah, man. I've been talking for a lot. Does anyone, does anyone else want well, to do some talking? I'd love to talk forever, but you don't want to hear what happens when I talk for prolonged periods of time. <laughs> right. <'Cause I> feel, <clears throat> go ahead, Ben. I've kind of sort of dominated the conversation up till now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So the way this plays out, yeah. What like a, a big thing? I a big thing I like is. is that the way they handle like the the uh, the mermaid's vulnerability to the sunlight, they're very consistent about that. Uh, you know, for the most part, I think there was one point where like there there was one point I think like near the end where you think, wait a minute, <laughs> like why is why isn't Lou melting that? Why yeah, there Lou... are a couple moments where they like probably you could argue they cheat a little, but. For the most part, like it doesn't really matter. Like there wasn't anything, any glaring well, um, inconsistencies. Remember, we said that this was set up for small children, and small children really hate to see the <laughs> heroin melt. Oh, Just but man, so. they do a number on the shark guy, though. Well, oh yeah, because right, because what happens is, is that after the, uh, yeah, like. You know, because they uh, they first meet they first meet Lou when they're they're practicing on the uh, they're practicing on they're you know practicing they're doing band practice on the mermaid rock because like uh, let's see the other guy besides uh, like Kai is this guy who uh, he's like the uh, you know he's like really he's like he's really good at, uh, at arranging uh, music but you know he doesn't. But not really a good instrumentalist, but he's good at like coming up with good like uh, beats and samples and things like that. And he's the one in. So that's Kai, and he's yeah, like he's the, he's the Maddion of the group. Yeah, and he's like, so he's like you know not sure like that he really wants to be in a band. He sort of he sort of uh, he sort of lacks confidence in his uh, in his musical talent. Um, you know, there's, there's and, always uh, that. Go ahead. Yeah, and then there's the other guy, the other guy uh, who uh, who wants to, who is like, whose grandfather is like a, is like a priest who runs the shrine, 
runs the shrine and he like uh, he doesn't want to he doesn't want his grandfather to know that he's like playing music. So, so which is why they're on which is why they're practicing on this island instead of in town. And them practicing on the island is what attracts the mermaid because the mermaids are attracted to music. Yeah, yeah. Lou especially. Right. Right, and yeah, Lou's basically this basically this basically this little kid who wants to be who wants to be friends with everybody. And she's adorable. And Yep. You know, you know, and, and so, yeah, I think so I think the real heart of this, uh, the real heart of this, uh, of this movie is the friendship between Kai and Lou. And back yep. to what I originally said, the confusion that comes when you don't understand something or don't want to understand something, and it's just easier to label it as bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, because like you know. Kai's heard all the stories about how, like, mermaids eat people, but, you know, be seeing Lou, who's just, like, this adorable mermaid girl who would, just wants to be friends. And, and, and the, go ahead. And, yeah, you know, and, and so, you know, and so she pops up at various, she pops up at various times, you know, wanting to, you know, listen to his music and, and hang out with them, you know. But then at the at the big fe- but then what where it all comes to a head is at this festival where she shows up where she shows up and uh you know she makes her she uh you know adds her music to the festival and like dances around underneath a parasol and they're like and everybody's like whoa that's a mermaid yeah, well, at first they're like, "Is that CGI?" Yeah, she real or it's she kind of that's kind of dumb. I mean, like, well, you know, nobody's like that. T- humans have because, a tendency to be dumb occasionally. No, but no, the problem is, is that you can't say like that's is that CGI because she's right there in front of them. You know, she's right there in front of them. You know, you could think, okay, you could think, okay, is that an animatronic or something like that? Or you know, but yeah, I think I think they also mentioned like maybe it was a costume or something. Right? They 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 come up with a lot of different explanations because they're like, well, clearly mermaids aren't real. (laughs) Yeah, but the old lady is like, that's a mermaid. Yeah, where's my spear? You know, and some of like the uh, and uh, let's see, Yuho's grandfather, Yuho's grandfather, is like, okay, this is a money making opportunity. Let's commercialize the hell out of mermaids. Yeah. And get this mermaid amusement park off the ground. Again. Yeah, because where previously they tried doing that and it failed a while back. Which is one of the reasons why the town is in decline. Uh, and Well, going back yeah. to the eating, eating people bit, it looks like when a person bites you, that you become a mer person, and usually they do that to save someone from whatever drowning, yeah, this, that, or the other and, thing, and not just bite you, but like bite any living thing, really. Because there's this one, like, really adorable sequence where uh, there's a bunch of like dogs kept in the animal this, shelter, 
animal sh- animal shelter. It's an animal uh, shelter. And yeah, and she just and Lou Lou busts them out, oh, puts she... them in this big water block, and then goes around biting them all, and they become mer dogs, and it's the cutest thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, <laughs> and they're around for the whole rest of the movie. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they 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 constantly show up to do right, like yeah. some little things, and there's there's like this cool bit there's like this really cute bit at the end where one of the villagers who used to own one of the dogs is like drowning and the dog comes to save him even after he discarded the dog yeah even after he uh, yeah abandoned the dog um well i like the second raid they put on the dog pound right towards the end of the movie too oh yeah it's like hey (laughs) free the pups yeah. <laughs> all right. right. I think we hit yeah. all the big spots, didn't we? Yeah, but yeah, but like they would would kick the. <laughs> mm. Mm. Sorry. Uh, right. I might be contagious, but not this far away. No, this is something I can't. This is something that happened to me. Uh, uh, all on my own. The, uh, right. Yeah, but the, like, the, uh, what's, what sort of, like, uh, what sort of sets the third act into motion is when, uh, is, like, Yuho gets jealous of all the attention being paid to Lou, uh, and also she can't take, uh, she can't take Kai's criticisms of her, uh, you know, of her, uh, musical mediocrity, uh, that well, and so she... Shit. She makes a poorly informed tweet, a poorly advised tweet, as like, "Oh, I just got, I'm, you know, I, I just got eaten or whatever." Yeah, right. She does and, run off and do right. So she, yeah, too. she runs away. She runs away. Everything. Everybody thinks she's been eaten by mermaids. So her dad, so her dad, like, you know, captures uh, captures Lou and like uh, threatens to expose her to sunlight, which brings out Lou's dad. <laughs> In like this absolutely badass moment. Yeah, like it's it's one of the only uh, it's one of the only parts of the movie that comes even close to being like scary, um, because at this point Lou's father is in such a worry for his daughter that he doesn't even care about going out in the sunlight. So he's just this a giant ever burning shark. Just you know. imagine, imagine a shark as big as a house, on, and that shark has arms and legs, and it's on fire. And that shark is also constantly on fire, and he's very mad about both being on fire and also that you're torturing her, his child. So, well, you, you and hit, he's coming for you. You hit the important point there: is that uh, that father instinct stuff? Yeah, fathers do strange things when their children are in danger. Yeah, it's it's super good. Um, th- that whole sequence, uh, it, it really, because uh, like up and right up until that moment, like the all the mermaids have been depicted as like, well, all the mer people have been depicted as like ba- like basically harmless, like very cute and harmless. But like when you like provoke them to the extreme, like they can. 
Like, they can stand up for themselves. Mm. Again, uh, anybody who's a parent that's listening to this, uh, parents get cornered. They do all sorts of interesting things that they would never think about doing. Yeah, and so all the teenagers come together to... And some of the adults who uh, realize their mistake come together to uh, free... Lou and her father, uh, which also happens to be around when the uh, place starts flooding due to the curse, and so both the townspeople and the mer people come together to save the village. Uh, and then there's a happy ending, and the both the octopus grandma and uh, the grandpa reconcile with the mermaids, and it's very touching, and I might have cried. <laughs> Actually, they get turned into mermaids. Yeah, yeah, they get turned into yeah. mermaids after after realizing their mistake and reconciling. To, yes. to be clear. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. No, no, that's they no. That, 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 they're not that Aaron. kind of sirens. Oh, by the way, uh, Aaron's back, folks. <laughs> by the way, folks, Aaron's back. Yeah. Wait, is Aaron recording right? He's probably not. So th- this so this segment won't make any sense at all. Uh, <laughs> great. Yeah, well, it's, cool. this is this is why, why should I this segment be to the fact the that there's this new mysterious voice in our ears. Annoying sometimes, but definitely mysterious. Uh, anyway, um 6. Yeah. I, I, I liked it a lot. I'll, I'm giving it a five, absolutely. No question. Yeah, I'm giving it a five. I, I thought it was great. I gave it a um, six, because I can give it a six. That's fair. <laughs> Don't argue uh, with me. <laughs> <coughs> oh, gosh. I'm so tired. Uh, anyway, I've got to go to sleep in, like, half an hour. So I think I think I'll just wrap this up now. Uh, I don't. Yeah, think there's no we comments. Have... No, no important comments. So yeah, just good. one comment from Larry on the most recent episode, congratulating me for finally getting caught up on uh, the editing in a in a somewhat reasonable time frame. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, yeah, All hopefully right. uh, I'm gonna try and keep that up. Um, to uh, release uh, BakuCast episodes within uh, two or three days of when uh, we yeah. record them. So maybe uh, for particularly um, compelling seasons, we can go back to uh, seasonal reviews. Won't necessarily uh, do it for every season, but for ones that you know are particularly packed with shows that we are very interested in. Um, uh, such as the uh, upcoming one that will have the uh, third season, which will include the third season of uh, uh, Chihaya Furu, I believe. Uh, yep. Um, but yeah. yeah. So that'll be it for this episode of BakaCast. Uh, as always, you can find, you can leave us questions or comments at projectharhi.net or at audioentropy.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at StiltsTheGM. You can find me on Twitter at DeathSlinky. And you can find me in bed with a nice warm blankie. <laughs> but please don't actually try to find him there. He 
we don't want to. We shoot. His, we shoot first rest. and ask questions later. I do not doubt it. Um, uh, anyway, Ben, Dustin, three, two, one. Kinnabosh. Small children are charming and very affectionate, and they keep giving this gift that keeps on giving. Bye bye. <laughs>